was lying there, people all were weeping. They just laughed at Jesus when they said she's only sleeping. As he took her by the hand, she began to live again. Some began to praise the Lord. Some began to say, He's in the house. Oh, death has to flee. Now there is light where darkness used to be. Father, we thank you that truly you are in the haste, Lord. And Father, we know when we're talking about the haste, we're not talking about these four walls, Lord. But Father, we're talking about this earthly tabernacle that you've purposed to dwell in, Lord. And Father, this evening, we just want to give you full preeminence, Lord. Father, we want to get ourselves out of the way, Lord. Father, we can feel your presence so nigh, Lord. Father, you were here this morning and you spoke to us, Lord. 
Oh, Father, we've just come once again this evening, desiring to sit at your feet, O Lord. The ones more, Lord, that you speak to our hearts, O Lord. The ones more that you minister to our souls, O Lord. Father, we just ask, O Lord, take me out of the way, O Lord. I surrender to yes, you, Lord. Lord. Father, I pray that you take care of the hearers out of the way, O Lord. Father, may it be your years that hears this evening, Lord. Father, may you take full control, O Lord. Father, we give ourselves to you, Lord. May your word, O Father, you have for us this evening, Lord. May it live in our lives, O Lord God. And Father, even without which we had this morning, Lord, may that also live in our hearts, O Lord. But we just want to say thank you, Lord, this evening. We just want to come it all to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I greet you on the name of the Lord. Thank you, musicians, but Ray. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for the atmosphere here this, this evening. Amen. Amen. We sure enjoyed the service this morning. Amen. God bless you, Brad. And it's a good service on Wednesday as well. It really spoke to me. And the Lord has been leading us in a certain direction. And I don't know how to go this evening, but we're trusting in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, he, he knows. Um, amen. Amen. I'll well, just take our Bibles and we'll just read. So we'll have a little bit of a length of reading, but. I think we'll do the first part and let you take your seat and we'll read the other part. Amen. We'll just open the book of Exodus. Amen. Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. We want to read from verse 13 to 20. And then we'll go, we'll jump to verse 26 to 31. Amen. Amen. Exodus 14, verse 13 says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will shew, you, which he will shew to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ they unto me, Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift, lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, and I behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I, and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of, of the cloud went from before the affairs and stood behind them. And it came, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and, and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other at all, the other all the night. Amen. Actually, have you see it, and we'll turn to verse, verse 26. We we'll read from 26 to 31. And said, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, 
that the waters may come upon may come again upon the Egyptian, upon the chariots, and upon the horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against them, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were wall unto them on your right, right hand and on your left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians there upon the seashore. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Amen. I don't think we will touch on everything this evening. There's loads of notes, but we're trusting in the Lord that he will lead. Amen. 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 It's just a thought that came to me. I, uh, something I think Brother Ed was speaking on some time ago, and something just dropped on me. He was, he was speaking on Brother Branham's sermon. He was speaking on the wings of a snow white dove. And, and there's a statement that is made in that sermon, and it says, Your enemy is dead. And our title this evening is, Your Enemy is Dead. Amen. Your enemy is dead. Amen. And the statement wasn't so much a statement of Brother Branham, but it was the voice of the Lord that spoke to Brother Branham and told him, Your enemy is dead. Amen. And tonight we want to take a little bit from that story, and we just want to, want to share from there. Amen. But honestly, I say pray for me, because we're trusting in the Lord. Amen. There's a lot of notes I, I try to study, I try to, we want to see the Lord move and have his way, amen, amen. Now we know that we're living in a time of battle, amen. We're living in a time of battle and, and we know that the battle that we're facing at this time is a battle between God and Satan, amen. That's the type of battle that we're facing at this time and, you know, Brother Branham and the message testimony Testimony raising the dead boy at West Palm Beach in Florida, 1953. He was speaking, and he'll talk about a battle, and he'll talk about it. Americans, as they send someone, someone in battle, he said, you know, they won't train someone and just set him down to eat cookies. Amen. But he said to train him and put and put a put uh, and they put they put um, a uniform on him and they sent him out to fight to, to, to defend the nation of of the states. Amen. And Brother Branham, in that same message, would say, we see, he said, we we we've got to defend our God-given rights. Is that what God said is ours? Amen. Is that last time Roy told the toe with Satan and say they are ours? We believe them, and you you just you just might as well move back because you haven't got no nothing at all. You haven't got. You see, Satan as in God won't lick a right of anything. Amen. Satan as in God won't lick a right of anything. Amen. Brother Branham will say. 
And we know that the battle that we are facing is not so much a carnal battle, but a battle that we are facing is a spiritual battle. Amen. And we know that Paul will speak about it in Ephesians chapter 6. He will say, Ephesians 6 from, from, from verse 10 to 12, will say, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind, but put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wires of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. So we notice that our battle is not carnal. Amen. And when we're talking about putting on a uniform for battle, we know we're not so much talking about a natural uniform, but we're talking about a spiritual uniform. Amen. We know that when we talk about picking up a sword, amen, and facing the enemy, we're not so much talking about a natural sword, but we're talking about a spiritual sword. Amen. And we're talking about the word of God because that is the sword that we used to slay the enemy. Brother Branham will say that will defeat the enemy at any time, at any place, in any situation, in any condition. And that is what we used to face our enemy. Hallelujah. And we know that these are the virus that we're facing and, and the enemy will war with us in our mind and, and he will war with us in our flesh and, and all the time he's warring against us. Amen. And he's got a threefold uh, strategy of his warfare. Brother Branham will say how does he fight? He's got three strategies of it. What is that? He wore you in the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He's never changed his tactics. It's always faces enemy. It's always put through the eyes or through the flesh or just the pride of life. Amen. And we know that is what he used to defeat or to break the fellowship that was between the first Adam and God. But you see, when he came to the second Adam and he tried the same one on them, he couldn't defeat him because there was something different about the second Adam. And we know which side that we are on. Amen. We are on the side of the second Adam. Amen. We are not on the side of the first Adam. We believe that God created him and used him for a purpose but there was a second Adam that came and if we are on the side of the second Adam then we know that we are on the winning side we are not on the defeated side but we are on the winning side and if we are on the winning side there must, there must come a time there must come a time that we have a complete victory there must come a time where our enemy is completely annihilated. And we know that that time will come when, it, when Satan will be completely annihilated and, and will be thrown into the lake of fire. But until then, he goes about as a roaring lion. And is facing us and is fighting us day after day. Amen. Brother Branham was speaking in question and answers. And he will speak about a maniac of Oregon. Of Oregon and, and question and answers, Jeffersonville, 1959. And he said, remember, devils never die. He says, devils always live. But there will be a time where devils will have to die. They will become totally annihilated. But now they are alive and they walk from generation to generation upon human beings. And I want you to notice that. He says, they walk generation from generation to generation upon human beings. And I say some of them is in the form of cancer, and some of them in the form of epilepsy, and some of them in the form of tuberculosis. And I say they get into the flesh, but similarly they are powerless until they can get into a person. 
Amen. It's a similarly, they are powerless until they can get into a person. It's that they have to operate through a person, which brings to another thought that the Holy Spirit, it covers the earth, but it is almost helpless until it gets into you and to me. You see, Satan needs a vessel, but the Holy Ghost as well needs a vessel. He said, God is dependent on you and I, see? The Holy Spirit, the air is full of the Spirit of God, but it is poured out. But it cannot operate until it comes into us. We, we human beings to operate. You see, the Spirit of God is covering the earth, but it needs a human being, it needs a vessel to live in. And I believe that this evening I'm talking to a people who are filled with the Spirit of God. And if you're filled with the Spirit of God, then that means there is no room for the enemy. There is no room for the enemy you're filled with the Spirit of God. Because the only way the enemy can live, it is through a vessel. And we are the ones who are in control. We can either give the enemy place or we can give God place. We are the ones that are in control. We, we are free moral agents. We are the ones who, who is going to operate in our lives. Either Christ or Satan. Amen. But the one thing we ought to realize is that we are dealing with a defeated enemy. We are fighting a defeated enemy. Brother Branham will speak about it again. And I got to uh, be reading a lot of quotes so bear with me this evening. Brother Branham will speak again in possessing the gates of the enemy after trial. Uh, 1964 he said now we are dealing with a defeated enemy he said sickness is defeated he said death is defeated he said hell is defeated he said everything is defeated oh my I wish I, I was twice my size <laughs> oh hallelujah amen brother Branham <laughs> oh I wish I was twice my size Hallelujah. He said, oh my, I wish I was twice my size. Now maybe I feel twice as good. He said, we are disputing with a conquered enemy. We are disputing with a conquered enemy. And you see, if you yield your members to the enemy, what happens is that that makes you defeated. It makes you defeated in sickness. It makes you defeated in sin. It makes you defeated in death. It makes you defeated in everything because the one you've yielded yourself to is a defeated enemy. But on the other hand, we've got Christ. Who have overtaken the enemy? Who have possessed every gate of the enemy? And I believe that it behooves the sons and daughters of God in this last age to yield themselves to the Spirit of God. Oh, hallelujah. I believe it behooves anti-message tabernacle to yield themselves to the Spirit of God. Amen. Because Satan is going to pay them and he's seeking in whom he can devour. But there are a people that have been called to stand against the enemy in this last age. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you, God didn't call Paul on this age, but he called you on this age. He didn't call Elijah on this age, but he called you on this age. He doesn't care how old you are. He has made you and he has built you and he has filled you to be able to defeat the enemy no matter what you are facing. Oh, hallelujah, I want you to know that this evening, your enemy is dead. 
We fight on a defeated enemy. But sometimes we give him life. We give him place. We let him be able to operate through our being. But I believe it is time to say it is over, devil. It is time to say it is over, Satan. Because it's time that I want to yield my members to God. Friends, if we are still here, God is not done with us. If you are still here, God is not done with you. And he's looking for more empty space for him to fill, to fulfill his word in you. Amen. And we know that the greatest enemy that we face every day is our own self. And that's where we want to dwell this evening. The greatest enemy that we face is our own self. We are the greatest enemy that we've got. Amen. We are the greatest enemy that we've got. See, because in our first birth, and as we were born in the natural, and our first birth, you know, we just were born, and there were certain things that we didn't ask for. There were certain things that we had no choice in them. They just came with our birth. They just came. We grew up and we found them with us. And they started becoming our greatest enemy. Don't get me wrong, there were some good things as well that came with that. And we don't want to despise that. But there are certain things that come. And I want you to notice something as we read in, as we read in, in Exodus chapter 14 verse 17. I want you to notice something because, you know, the scripture says that God, God had on the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will follow the children of Israel. But the reason why he did that was because he wanted to get honor over Pharaoh and over all his hosts and over all his chariots and over all his horsemen. He allowed them to follow the children of Israel because he wanted to get honor and show the children of Israel that he is greater than Pharaoh. That he is greater than Egypt. And I want you to know that the God that has called you is greater than your first nature. Amen. He is greater than that. Is that I want you to know that's the reason why he let him follow them. And you see the Lord in our first birth, whatever we get, the Lord allowed it to be so. The Lord knew that you were going to be born that way. He knew that I was going to be born that way. But he allowed it to be so for him to get honor over that. For him to get honor over our struggles. For him to get honor over any anything that we face, any situation, any battle we have. He allowed it for a purpose. Amen. You might be your greatest enemy, but there is a greater God. Amen. Amen. Brother Branham will speak, and on the wings of the snow white dove. Brother Branham will speak, and he'll say, you know, I have been a neurotic all my life. He said that when he was a young boy, something struck him. And every seven years it'll come again. Over and over, every seven years it'll come again. And, and he will pray and he will, he will desire a vision from the Lord that he was going to get well. That was his desire. But at the same time, he also wanted to know what was wrong. 
And so Brother Branham will book an appointment with the Mayo Clinic and, and he will go on to the Mayo Clinic, you know, to, for examination to know actually what is going on. Why is he having this problem with his stomach all the time and it's getting sour and, and it brings him down and, and there was some time he was speaking and say for a year he had to go off the field because of that. And he goes in the Mayo Clinic and, uh, and he had to go in and one morning he was supposed to go in for his, for his, uh, for, for his final examination. And, and that morning as he woke up early he was sitting in his bed and as he sat in his bed a vision just broke before him. And as the vision broke before him, he looked and he saw himself as a seven-year-old boy. And as a seven-year-old boy standing, you know, next to a, a snack tree or something like that. And he was just standing there. And, and as he stood there, he was looking at a squirrel. And he wanted to figure out a certain squirrel, what kind of squirrel it was. And the squirrel was in the hollow of the tree. And the only way he could get it out was to kind of rob the tree. And then it will bring the squirrel out. And so in the vision, as he's looking at it, he goes ahead and he, he started to rob the tree or the limb of the tree to get the squirrel out. And as he's doing that, he said, all of a sudden, the vision, as he's in the vision, he said, he changed from a young man to a 28 years old man. And as a 20 years old man, he's standing there and he robs it and he said, the squirrel came out and he said it was a dark black squirrel and it was the ugliest he's ever seen before. And as he looked at the squirrel, he said, the squirrel also was looking at him. And Brother Branham, I'm quoting him from on the wings of a snow white dove. And he said, and he looked right at me. And I opened my mouth to say, well, and when I did, before you could ever bat your eye, he flew right into my mouth. Went down into my stomach and just tearing me to pieces. And as I come out of the vision with my hands up looking, I, I went screaming, oh God, have mercy. It's killing me. I said, I heard a voice way down in the room say, remember, it's only six inches long. Amen. It's only six inches long. So the morning comes and he goes to Mayo Clinic and does his final examination and, and they give him the results and the doctor says to him, well, you see, Brother Branham, the problem here is that you see you were born of a dad who was Irish and he drunk. And your mom was half Indian, and because of that, you're just a neurotic, and you're just, gonna, you're just a wreck, and you're never going to come out of it. That was the report the doctor gave him. Sure, a discouraging report. He said, you're never going to get out of it. He said, to some people, it's just a high temper. But to you, it just came this way, that you just get a sour stomach, and when you get the sour stomach, it just gives you this weary feeling, and, and you're just going to have to battle with it until the end, and, and the doctor will tell him the story of his own dad, that his own dad had a similar issue, and he had to go to the grave with it. You sure don't want those kind of people when you're sick around you. <laughs> Instead of bringing you up to tell you all the story of how the people who died with the same disease. You sure don't want to have to, but that's what he was telling Brother Branham, show this courage and tell him. And the doctor said to him, that is what you get from your human grab bag. That is what you get from your human grab bag. And there are so many things that we get from a human grab bag. Many things that we get from without we desiring them, without we wanting them. And remember that this is going to bother Brother Branham for many years. 
And there are many things that we get from a human grab bag that bothers us for many years. And we go on year after year with the same thing. And we'll drag it into church. And we'll drag it into our home. And we'll drag it into work. And we'll drag it with us wherever we go. And it seems that there is no way for us to come out of it. And our desire is to be able to lay it aside. Our desire is to be able to overcome it. But it just doesn't seem to live. We know that it's going to help us in our Christian walk. We know it's going to help us in our homes. We know it's going to help us with our brothers. It's going to help us with our sisters. But it just came with us and we just don't seem to be able to get rid of them. Comes with a human crap bag. You didn't choose them. Years after years, Brother Brandon will go on and, and keep on bothering him. But there was one thing that Brother Brandon will always hold on. The vision told him, remember, it's only six inches long. It's only six inches long. And there's one thing that I can encourage you with you this evening. That it may seem impossible with you, but I want you to know that with God, all things are possible. It doesn't matter what you got from your human grab bag. I want you to know that with God, all things are possible. But Brandon will go on and you go after test after test in different places and they'll keep on telling him. One time they told him this was a heart issue and but he had another vision that he showed him an old doctor and the old doctor in the vision told him, don't listen to them that you're telling you it's a heart issue is not, it's your stomach. And over and over again, and Brother Branham was prepared to go for another, another examination. This time they were talking about, you know, inserting something through his throat and actually checking and seeing what is going on in his stomach. And so Brother Branham is getting ready to go for disappointment. And again, it's another morning. And, and he's up in the morning and he's sitting on his bed. And another vision breaks before him. Again on the wings of the snow white dove. And he said, and I looked. And as I looked there, I was standing by that tree again. Right where that squirrel was. I looked up there, I thought, that's the squirrel then. And I thought, wonder if he's still up there in the vision. I wrecked the side of the tree. Now he's talking about the vision. He said, I wrecked the side of the tree. Out he come. And before I could even bat my eye, he was the oddest looking squirrel I ever seen. He said, now you have to know my ministry to know these symbols and tents. And he said, he jumped at me, but he missed me. He said, he missed my mouth. He hit on my chest and fell off. And he said, as soon as he did, I heard something say, go to the Catalina Mountain. Amen. Someone said, go to the Catalina Mountain. Brother Branham wakes up out of the vision and, and he tops Sister Meter and he said, wake up, I, I seen the squirrel again. And Sister Meter asked him, what squirrel are you talking about? He said, the squirrel I saw before I went to the Mayo Clinic, when I was going to the Mayo Clinic that morning. And he said, but something different was about it. This time the squirrel jumped, but he missed me. He jumped and he hit on my, on my heart. And I want you to know, this is just a vision Brother Branham has had. But he started to rejoice about it and started to praise God. He started to give God glory because he's in a vision that he had always desired since a little boy to see that he is going to get well. And he looks at it and he sees that this time the squirrel missed him. This time he missed him and he started to give glory to God. And for 40 years, Brother Branham will say, I've been struggling with this. 
And so that morning, Brother Branham takes off and he drops Joseph for us cool and, and he takes off to the Catalina Mountain. He goes up on the Catalina Mountain and, and he's been led by the Lord. As he's been led by the Lord and he's turning here and the Lord is turning him there and turning him here. And he said, and as I turn into that little cove, I felt the presence of the Lord. He said, I jerked off my hat and looked around. I thought, he's here somewhere. I know he's here. I thought, what is it? I made a few more steps. I said, Lord, you are here somewhere. And I said, and I looked. and lying on the path. And there laid the little squirrel. I jumped at something and missed it. And I hit a bunch of, of choya, that's, jump, that's jumping cactus. It rammed through his head, chest, stomach, and he was dead. That odd-looking squirrel, he had missed my maid and hit the choya. And the voice of the Lord said, your enemy is dead. The voice of the Lord said to him, your enemy is dead. He had a vision. He went up on the mountain. And he saw the vision unfold itself. He saw that, that the squirrel dead. And he had a voice tell him, your enemy is dead. And I want to declare to you this evening that your enemy is dead. I don't care what you got out of your grab bag. I don't care what you have been struggling with. I want you to know that your enemy is dead. You weren't born to live according to your first nature. Come on, church. You weren't born to live with your first nature. You have had a nature change. Your second bird was to bring a new nature in you. And you were supposed to have the nature of the one that gave you the bird. And that was your father. And that's your heavenly father. And the nature of your heavenly father is the nature of faith. It's the nature of patience. It's the nature of temperance. It's the nature of brotherly kindness. It's the nature of divine love. That is the nature that you are supposed to have. Your first nature can't hunt you down anymore. It can't hold you down anymore. Let me come back to the story for a moment. While Brother Branham was suffering and, and going on with all this, and, and all this has been, been troubling him over and over again, this is before he gets the vision. This is before he has the vision of, of the Catalina Mountain. But Abraham's mom will call him and, and will say to him, I've had a dream and I want, you, I want to talk to you about it. And so he goes in to, to see his mom and his mom started telling him the dream that she had. And he said, Billy, I saw you and, and when I saw you, you were sick with your stomach again. You were sick with your stomach again, and, and I saw six white doves come down from heaven. And as they came down from heaven, they came and they rested on your chest. And they were coming down in the form of an ass, and, and they rested on your chest, and they started to cool to you. And they cooled and cooled, and after a while they took off, and, and in the same form of an ass, they took off and went back to heaven. But Brown listened to the dream and he said, well, this is the interpretation he gave to her. He said, well, the little animal that I saw was six inches long. The string of doves that was, so this was, sorry, this was before, this was after he had had a vision, sorry. 
It said that, well, the little animal that I saw was six inches long. The string of those that mom saw was six. Six is incomplete. I knew that someday I will see the seventh one. He knew that someday he was going to see the seventh one. All these are leading to tell him that your enemy is dead. Brother Branham didn't choose to come with a sore stomach. Brother Branham didn't choose to have the blues. Brother Branham didn't choose to be a weary person and, and an erotic person. But God chose him to be born that way. Because one day he wanted to prove to him that I am greater than your neurotic spirit. I am greater than your weary spirit. I am greater than what you've been going through. And I want you to know that it's only six inches long. So after Brother Branham will have the vision of Catalina Mountain, and you go up and, and you, see, you see the squirrel dead, and, and you hear the voice that says to him, your enemy is dead. The Lord will speak to him again and tell him the next day to go back to the mountain. And so the next day, Brother Bram takes off and goes back to the mountain. And as he goes back to the mountain, he said, the Spirit of the Lord started to lead him another way. And it was leading him one way and leading him the other way. And he said, as he was walking and down through the mountain, he said, all of a sudden, he looked. And when he looked, he saw in their size the seven dove. There sat the seven dove. Six was incomplete, but the seven one, seventh was supposed to come to complete the vision, to confirm to him that his enemy is dead. Six was incomplete, but Abraham saw the vision and he said, from that moment, I dump all the doctor's reports. He said, I won't listen anymore to what the doctor's got to say, because I have had a vision. The Lord has told me it's over. And if the Lord has told me it's over, I'm going to be like Abraham. As the royal seed of Abraham, and I'm going to stand on that promise. And that's what I'm going to walk by. I'm not going to listen to my symptoms anymore. But I'm going to stand by what the Lord has showed me. And perhaps you may sit here this evening and you may say, but I didn't have a vision. You may say, but no one told me about a dream. I want to remind you of something. Brother Branham said that whenever you open the Bible, you see a vision. Whenever you open the Bible, you see a vision. And we've looked through the Bible, and we've seen a type of our journey as the journey of the children of Israel. And we've seen how the children of Israel were constantly going out of bondage to freedom and bondage to freedom. And they were constantly in a cycle. Constantly in a cycle. They're free, and they're back into bondage. And they always seem to be making the same mistakes. Always seem to be making the same mistakes. It's always either they're going about serving other gods or they're going about looking at something they're not supposed to be looking at or they're going about worshiping something they're not supposed to be worshiping. It was always the same mistakes. Always the same mistakes and they were going about round and round and round in a circle. God will send them a prophet. God will send them kings. God will send them more prophets. But they still keep going on in the same cycle. 
It sounds like our journey. Keep going on in the same circle. The old nature. We all send the picture one time, I think, for the head shoulder. Of the Indian that stood behind Brother Branham. That was his old nature, he said. And Brother Branham said, it's always there. And our old nature is always there. And he's always talking to us and speaking to us. Amen. I was speaking to us. But you see, the children of Israel keep on going through the cycle. Why? Because they didn't have a keeping power. What they had was the blood of bulls and goats. And that couldn't cover them. That couldn't make a way for them. And it kept on bringing them back in a circle. Kept on bringing them back to falling. Over and over again. Same mistakes. And this evening, I'm not so much trying to, to point anyone out, but I'm pointing my own self out. Same mistakes. Same mistakes. Going right around in the same circle. The old nature coming back and fighting and here and there. Going around in the same circle. Because they didn't have the keeping power. But you see, God had not ordained it to be that way. Because God's purpose was to leave with his children as it was in the garden of Eden again. And so one day, a dove came down from heaven. A dove came down from heaven. And a king was born in a little city called Bethlehem. He was born in a little city called Bethlehem. And he was born for a purpose. Before he was born, the prophets that had came had prophesied about him. And they have said, you know, he is one that is going to come, that is going to bind the brokenhearted. He's going to one that is going to set the captives free. He's one that's going to come and is going to bring those that are in prison out of the prison bars. He said, that is his commission. That's the one that is going to come and bring a total deliverance. That is the one that is going to come and break the cycle. And one day the dove came down from heaven. He came down from heaven, born in the land of Bethlehem, born in a manger. But I am so glad that he didn't stay in the manger. He didn't stay in the manger. There are people that are living him in a manger, but my God is not living in a manger. He didn't stay in Bethlehem. He didn't stay in Judea. He didn't stay in Samaria. He didn't stay in Galilee. He didn't stay in Jericho. Oh, hallelujah. He didn't stay in Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, he didn't stay on the cross. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, church. He didn't stay on the cross. And as a matter of fact, not only did he not stay on the cross, but he didn't stay in the tomb. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, church. He didn't stay in the tomb because he had a purpose. He had a purpose. He said, this is not the nature of my people. My people are not born to be going through a cycle of defeat and victory. They are born to overcome the enemy. That is my people. And because of that, I am not staying in the grave. And he went down to hell, but he didn't stay in hell. Oh, hallelujah. He said, I am not going to stay in hell because I've got a purpose. I am going to hell just to take the keys. 
Oh, because there is someone that I promised that I was going to hand them the keys. And I am going down to take the keys of hell and death on the grave. Because I'm going to bring something that is going to give the people power to overcome hell. And overcome death. And overcome the grave. And the one that is going to take the keys is Peter. Oh, hallelujah. Peter is the one that is going to take the keys. And on that day of panic, he rose up. And he started to talk about what was handed down to him. And he started to say to them, repent and be baptized and you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is the only time that will make you overcome death. That will make you overcome hell. And will make you overcome the grave. And he said, I am not staying in hell. But he said, I'm going to make my way also up to heaven. Because there are some saints that are waiting for me. And I need to pack them up. Oh, hallelujah. But when he went up to heaven, he didn't stay in heaven either. Oh, glory be to God. He said, I can't stay in heaven because I promised them. Because I promised them that I am going, but I'm going to send the comforter. I am going to send the comforter. I am not going to leave them alone. I am not going to leave them helpless. Because I know in your own self, they can't overcome that nature. In your own self, they can't overcome what the enemy has been putting upon them. And so I am coming down, me, myself. I am not sending an angel. But I am coming down. You've heard what I had speaking, and he's been talking about the prophet. And you heard what he said. We reference the prophet. We reference the man. But the one thing we ought to recognize that that was God in our midst. That was God again in the people. God again in man. Oh, hallelujah. And he didn't stay in heaven, but he came down in man. He came down to live in you and to live in me. Hallelujah. Oh, the same one that sat at the gate and sat at the tent with Abraham. He's the one. The same one that created the squirrels. He's the one. Oh, come on, church. The same one that gave Hadibru had to write a voice. He's the one. Oh, hallelujah. The same one that pulled Brother Ron Spencer through the fire. He's the one. Oh, the same one that is doing the supernatural in the life of Brother Ron Spencer. He's the one. Oh, hallelujah. The same one that heals Sister Erica, he's the one. The same one that heals Sister Karen Pruitt, she's the one. Oh, hallelujah. He has come down. The same one that healed Brother Virgilio, he's the one. Oh, I tell you, he hasn't changed. Oh, the same one that healed you, Brother Ed, from the cancer, he's the one. Oh, the same one that healed you, Brother Andrew, with your back, he's the one. Oh, come on, young people. The same one that delivered you, he's the one. Oh, the same one that changed your life, he's the one. He's the one that is saying to you this evening that your enemy, that your enemy, he is dead. Come on, church. Your enemy is dead. Stop lingering around with your enemy. He is dead. Oh, stop giving him life. Stop giving them a place to operate. Friends, our old nature is not an excuse. 
Because there was a greater power that has come down. The Son of Man himself has come down again. We've had six short ages gone by. But in the seventh one. Oh, hallelujah. In the seventh church age, another dove was going to come down. Oh, the sixth dove weren't enough. The sixth dove wasn't complete. But it had to come a seventh one. They had to come a seventh message to prepare a bride that will overcome every devil that is in hell. Oh, hallelujah. Every devil that is on the earth. I don't care what you're struggling with. I want you to know that he's alive. He's alive and well. He's not dead, but he's alive. And he wants you to know that your enemy doesn't have to live anymore. You don't have to live this building with your enemy. You see, Satan has been a scarecrow. He's just been a scarecrow. And he's been scaring you. Brother Brandon will say, wherever you see a scarecrow, remember that there is something good there. And you know the reason why he gave you that old nature is because there is a seed of God in you. Oh, there's a good seed in you. That's why there is a scarecrow that is roaming around you. The scarecrow of your old nature that keeps speaking to you is because there is a seed in there. Because God is wanting to express himself. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's wanting to express himself. Oh, I don't care what the scarecrow is to see you. Then. But Abraham said that your enemy has not got one legal right of anything. He said everything he is God is defeated. Amen. Everything that he is God is defeated. Friends, we know that we're journey, as we said, it is like unto the one of the children of Israel. And we know that we are in another exodus. And this is the last exodus. It is the third exodus. And you see, we can feel the pressure of the world upon our shoulders. We can feel the pressure of the enemy upon our shoulders. We can hear Pharaoh's chariots that are running after us. But I want you to know, there is an angel of the Lord that is in the camp. There is an angel of the Lord that is in the camp. Oh, come on, church. There is an angel of the Lord that is in the camp this evening. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, devil. You shot your last one. There's an angel that is in the camp. Brother Brown will say, Redemption by power. Louisville, Kentucky, 1954. He said, When troubles begins to face you, sickness on every hand, trouble, the angel of God comes up, goes out between you and the sickness and stand there in the way, challenging you to take God's word. Now, the angel of the Lord has not just come to be a rain. He's come to challenge you to take God's word. Hallelujah. He said, I'm coming to challenge you to take God's word. He said, God had given Israel the promise. He said that they had, that 
God had given Israel the promise that they was going to the land. He said there was a million probably of men coming to pursue them and run them down and chop them down like a bunch of animals. Is that but the angel of the Lord who was there to carry them through to the promised land rose up from the camp and went and stood between them and the danger. He said, Hallelujah. Oh, friends, on our journey, I don't know how many enemies have tried to hinder us. How many times in our own self have tried to hinder our walk with the Lord? He tried to hinder us with COVID. Try to hinder us with restrictions and handle with that and stop with that and do that and do the other. But I want you to know that there's an angel in the camp. Oh my. Okay, let me read this quote. Hallelujah. Brother Branham says, He said, the, the same angel of God is in this building right now to do just exactly what Jesus did in that day. He's here to confirm. Now, friends, Brother Brown says this in 1964. Brother Ed has been speaking, and friends, we are not to put the message in history. When Brother Branham left the scene, the angel of the Lord did not leave the scene. And if a court says that the angel of the Lord is in the building this evening, I believe he is. Because wherever this message is preached, he is there. Not because it is me, but because it is God. And it is here to vindicate the very same word. He said he's here to confirm it. Just what he did then, he said he is now... He will always be the same, the same angel of God. He said, moving up to stand between us and sickness, between us and death. He said, no wonder David said, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He said, sure. He said, standing there, the angel of God went before the camp of Israel and removed and went and stood between them and the enemy. Hallelujah. And he says, and the angel of God is standing to know him between every individual here and the enemy. He is here standing between each and every one of us and our enemy. And he's here to tell you that the enemy that is standing between is dead. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. The enemy of sentiment when he's dead. He said, I know what I'm speaking of. Let me just jump down here. Oh my. Amen. Amen. He said, if you only dare to move out on God's word, see if he don't move before you now. The angel of the Lord is here and is there saying, dare you to take God at his word and see if he will not move on the scene. I don't know what you've been struggling with, but I want you to know that the angel of God is here. The angel of God is here. See, friends, we are not in a Bible seminar. 
This is not a Bible school university. Amen. This is not some intellectual talk that we have on this evening. And never do we come here to have an intellectual talk. But we come here to meet with the Lord. Because we are children and sons and daughters of God. Amen. We believe that we are the church of the living God. Amen. How many believe that we are the church of the living God? Friends, if we are the church of the living God, then that means that in that church, there ought to be some gods living in that church. There ought to be some gods that are living in the church. There ought to be some deity that is being expressed. There ought to be some messiahs that are being expressed. Oh, hallelujah. There ought to be some messiahs that are being expressed. Because we are the church of the living God. And the angel of God is here to stand between you and your enemy. See, he moved back while they were crossing the way, baby, across the Red Sea. The angel moved from before them and went and stood behind them to stand between them and the enemy. And he said there was darkness upon them, but it was light upon the children of God. And he's come to make darkness upon your enemy and to make light upon you. That's what he's come here for this evening, to make light upon you. Amen. He's come to make light upon you. Pharaoh has chased you. Your whole nature has chased you. Your whole nature has bothered you. But I want you to know that this evening, you don't have to live here with that nature. It's hold you back in your home. It's hold you back in your Christian walk. It's hold you back in the church. It's hold you back in the presence of the Lord. It's hold you back from, from having a time of prayer with the Lord. It's hold you back from feeding on the word. I want you to know that you don't have to live this place the same way because the angel of the Lord is in the camp. Brother Ray sang it before we came. He is in the house this evening. Not I am in the house, but God is in the house. And he is here to vindicate his own word. If only if you would dare to take him out of his word. If you would dare to take him out of his word, he's here to vindicate. No matter what the Red Sea is before you, we're crossing it this evening. We are not staying on the other side. We're crossing the Red Sea this evening. We are hearing the chariots coming behind us, but we are crossing the sea. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know how many in here are ready to cross the sea. Because I am ready to cross the sea. I am ready to see my enemies dead. Oh, hallelujah. I am not staying here lingering around with this demon that is bothering in our lives and trying to pull us down and going around in a cycle of victory and defeat and victory and defeat. I am sick and tired of it. And I believe that the children of God ought to be sick and tired of it. I think it is Brother Tim Pruitt that will say, you ought to be sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. You ought to be sick and tired of that devil that has been bothering you. Because until you are sick and tired of it, he is not leaving. He is not leaving. So far as you are giving him room, he is not leaving. 
But I believe it is time for the sons of God to rise on your feet and said, I was born to be a son of God and live with us here. I don't care the darkness in here. I was born to overcome. I don't care the roughness that is here. I was born to be victorious. I don't know if there are any messages yes, in here that want to rise on your feet. That want to say, I am one of them. Oh, I was there. I was there when he said, let there be light. I was on him from the beginning. I was there. And if I am here, I want to express what I was there. Because that one that was in there is now in me here. Come on, church. Oh, come on, church. The same one is in you here. Oh, come on, church. We are not going to limit God. We have limited him long enough. We are not going to come to church with a halfway serving God. The enemy that tries to walk through those doors with us, we're not just leaving him out of the door. We're sending him back to hell. Oh, hallelujah. Friends, you were born not to take just one inch, but to take every inch of ground that was given to you. Every inch of ground that was given to musicians come. Every inch of ground that was given to you, you were born to take it. We are here to cross over. We are here to say Satan is over. I don't mean to be hard on anything here. But friends, we don't want any cold your spirit in here. Friends, I don't care if you were born Canadian. I don't care if you were born in the north side and it is cold and it hits minus 30. I want you to know that where you were, the temperature was not minus 30. I want you to know that when the scripture talks about some people that shouted for joy, I want you to know that you were there. Friends, let's stop babying the devil. Let's stop babying traditions. It is time to move up. Let's stop babying. I was in the church and this is the way it has always been. Let's stop babying, friends. That enemy is coming down. I don't know what that Goliath has been and, and he's been trying to put a cold spell here and there. We are born to be the church of the living God. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is with fire. And the fire comes to burn away every dross. It comes to burn away every tradition. Oh, friends, we've all waited for this day. We've all waited for the time that the church will be open again and this and that. But who are we coming back for? Are we coming back to sit down the same way we sat before? Do you think all this happened just because he did it for a purpose? He did it for a purpose. Young people, you know he did it for a purpose. We've seen God move in a supernatural way in a young people's service. And you know he did it for a purpose. You sat at home and you craved to be in church. He did it for a purpose. 
And now he said, okay, come back. But what is your attitude? What is your attitude? Are we going to go back and fall on the same trend again? Come back to church service just to show up. That's what Ed was saying this morning, just to punch in and say, I was in, praise the Lord, and go back home. Friends, we're not here to be spectators. We're here to be the sons and daughters of God. Friends, we have heard that it's come time for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Friends, we've heard preach about it. We've read about it. But I believe it is time to start living it. Because the power for us to live it, it is here. And it's not in this building, but it is in you. It's time to drop back that old nature. Brother Brennan was speaking the greatest battle ever fought. And I won't finish the notes this evening. But he was speaking the greatest battle ever fought. And you say, you take that sword. Maybe let me read it. He said, Lord, I ain't going to pay attention to how I feel. What anybody else says, I'm stooping up. I am blowing out every one of, the, of, every one of my avenues. All the frustration and the doubt and unbeliefs that I've ever had. Every feeling you ever had and all, all the sickness I ever had, everything else I ever had, I'm blowing them all out. I said, I am bypassing all of them and coming right straight to my spirit. And I believe this time Brother Brandon will mean the soul, but he was still talking about the spirit. And I said, all right, I open up my heart and my mind. Come in, Lord Jesus. And Brother Brandon now will speak to the congregation and say, and grab the faith. The sword of the spirit, that say of the Lord and scream hallelujah, amen. He said, cut down every enemy that is in front of you. Amen. He said, there it is. Cut every enemy. He said, if an old spooky spirit making you feel off, cut that ten away with the word of God. He said, our strength. He said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. He said, get away from me. He said, walk him and cut him with the word. He said, whether it be a demon, he said, whether it be an enemy, he said, whether it be sickness, he said, whether it be disease, he said, whatever it is, he said, take the word of God and pull it with the sword. And listen to this. And he said, if you walk him the first time, if you walk him, he said, if you walk it the first time and it don't seem to move, he said, walk it again. And he goes on to say, walk it again. Have you walked that old spirit that doesn't move? Walk it again. Come on, church of God. Walk it again. Walk that spirit again. It is bound to live. Walk it again. And walk it again. You are the church of the living God. And we're not here to limit the enemy. But we're crossing over. And so did the children of God. The children of Israel crossed over. And as they crossed over, they turned back. And when they turned back, they saw their enemy dead on the shore. The same waters that destroy the enemy is the same water 
that stood on the left and the right hand for them to walk through. Oh friends, the same word that is going to defeat the enemy is the same word that is going to keep you on the left and keep you on the right and keep you on the straight path until you cross all the way. And that same word is what you are going to see. Walk that enemy and see him completely destroyed in the sea of which you walk through. It is the same word. It was the same water. It is the same word. It is a two-edged sword. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, sons of God. Let's pick your sword. Whatever the enemy is, don't live this place the same way. Your enemy is dead. The cold formal enemy is dead. The traditional enemy is dead. Let the Holy Ghost and fire reign upon the church of God. Let the Holy Ghost and fire have the preeminence in the sons and daughters of God. Let the Holy Ghost and fire have the preeminence in every service. It is you to bring the fire. It is not just the preacher. It is you to bring the fire. Oh, hallelujah. How many believe the enemy is dead this evening? How many truly believe your enemy is dead this evening? You say, I'm not going back. I am not going back. I am not bowing down to that enemy anymore. It is over. It is over right now. Martha said, even now, Lord, whatever you say, and today that word is in you. Come on, church. Today that word is in you. It is whatever you say. Whatever you say in this moment. This moment. After they crossed over, I hope you brought your joy shoes this evening. Because we just want, don't want to proclaim it by words only. But the word of God came in power and demonstration. And I'm not asking a pay being fanatic. I'm not asking a pay that. But I'm asking a pay letting the Holy Ghost have his way. Let's stop holding him back. He wants to have the full preeminence. He wants to have the full preeminence. And after they crossed over, they saw the enemy dead. And when they saw the enemy dead, Moses himself started singing a song. And the wings of the snow white dove, after Brother Branham saw his enemy dead, he started to sing a song. He started to sing a song, and he wrote three verses to that song. Amen. He said, on the wings of a snow white dove, he said, Noah had drifted. But what did Noah send out? He sent the dove out. And the dove is what brought him the news that everything was over. 
Amen. It was Jesus himself. It was the dove that came down. And with the life of Brother Branham, it was the dove that came down to confirm it again. And that same dove have come down this evening. And it is the Holy Spirit. It is God himself. He's come down in you again. And after the cross, Moses sang a song. And when Moses sang a song, Miriam got inspired. Oh, hallelujah. There is no one army that I have seen that have come out of a battle victorious and I've just walked and just been, that was a good battle, you know, and yeah, we won it. Yeah, it's good. Well, let's just go home and let's just have supper and, you know, let's just carry on today. Every army that goes in the battle that comes out victorious, they make the enemy know that they won. They let the enemy hear that they won the battle. And I don't know what the spooky spirit has been. I don't know what the old nature has been. But I think it is time for you to let your enemy know. It's time for you to let your flesh know that the one that is in you is the one that has won. The one that is in you is the one that has overcome. And Miriam took a tambourine and he put on a joy shoes. Oh, glory. And he said, Oh, mine. These are the ones that were our tax masters. These are the ones that lay the lashes on our back. These are the ones that held us pain. But I am looking at them. And they are dead. Oh, hallelujah. And he said, I am going to praise my God. Because I did not defeat them. But it is my God. He defeated them. Oh, come on, church of God. Let us praise him. Let us give him glory. Oh, let every word, let everything that has gone. Bread, praise the Lord this evening. You give him glory. You give him honor. He has won the battle for you. He is telling you this evening, your enemy is dead. You don't have to leave this place the same way. Because he has slain your enemy. Oh, give him glory. Oh, he's worthy. He's worthy. Oh, he's worthy. If we've come out victorious, we are going to rejoice. We are going to rejoice with all that is in us. We don't care who we are. We don't care what the enemy has done. I don't care how I was born. I don't care about that old nature. I have got a new nature. It is the nature of God. If you inherited the nature of your parents and you've had a new birth, then you are obligated to inherit the nature of your father. You were bound to inherit the nature. And I want us to rejoice this evening. How many are here to rejoice this evening? How many are here to let the enemy hear that we have won the battle? That we have got the victory over the enemy? 
that we have crossed the Red Sea and we are on the other side and we are not going to go around in the wilderness for 40 years but we are heading down straight to the promised land. God bless you Sister Ranji for the special. We are on our way home. Oh friends we are not staying here. We are here to slay the enemy and once we are done slaying him we are going home. But before we get home we are going to start singing the praises of God. Before we get home, we are going to start here. And I want us to sing, victory is mine. Victory is not of the devil, it is mine. Victory is to the Son of God, victory is to the daughter of God. I see there are some new verses to that. And I want us to sing them. And as we say, I want you to sing like you believe don't let it be just words flowing out of your mouth. Let it come from your heart. And let Satan know that you're walking out of this place victorious. You are talking out of those doors, not the same way. You are talking out or to be an overcomer. You are talking out loaded with the power of God. Oh, hallelujah. Well, let's sing that to him this evening. When I woke up this morning, Is that what you did? well, I didn't have no doubt. Well, I knew that the Lord would bring me out. So I got down on my knees. I said, Lord, help me please. I got up and singing and shouting the victory. Just hold up a minute, brother. Just hold up a minute. Have you really got the victory? Oh my. I don't know, maybe you didn't have any enemy to slay this evening, but I did. So let me alone if I get loose a little bit. Oh, hallelujah. Have you really got the victory this evening? Amen. Church of God, you were born to be victorious. Friends, I'm not asking you to be anything different. I'm just asking you to let the Holy Ghost have his way. Friends, no matter how, oh my, you know Brother Brandon was a calm person until that day when he heard those sisters singing and he was getting into the seat of the scornful and he was starting to criticize it and here and there. But all of a sudden, as he started getting the spirit, as he started to trace it down through the Bible and he started to realize that there was a man in the Bible by the name of David, that when he saw the ark come back home, oh come on, I don't know if you've seen the ark come back home, but when he saw the ark come back home, he lost himself. And you know who David was? David wasn't David was a soldier. You know who David was? He was a king. You know who David was? He was leading an army. Amen. And he must have rejoiced many a time, but not until he saw the word coming back home. Oh, friends, and we've had the word come back home. And when Brother Bram traced it all down through the Bible, oh, just excuse me for a moment, but he was sitting there. And he just started tapping his feet. Oh my. Just tapping his feet away. All of a sudden he found himself raised on his feet. He said the next thing he saw he was up on the pew and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> oh my. But he was up on the pew praising the Lord. Amen. Friends, have you really got the victory this evening? I want to see a people who has got the victory this evening. I want you to let hell know that you are changed. That you are transformed. 
Let's sing it, Brother Ray. Oh, victory is mine. Oh, come on. Yes, victory is mine. Oh, yes. Oh, victory today is mine. Oh, yes, because I chose Satan to get behind. Oh, victory today. Let's not from I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning. Oh, and I woke up this morning. Oh, yeah. Yes, love and, and is mine. Oh, love today is mine. Oh, yes. For I told Satan to get behind. Oh, I got up singing and shouting the victory. Oh, come on now. Oh, victory is mine. Oh, yes. Victory is mine. Oh, victory today. Mine. Oh, and I told Satan to get behind for victory today is. Let's go to the next verse. Oh, Satan came this morning without a fan and warning. So why don't you just grant all compromise? I said, listen here, old devil. With you I've gone level I can't quit my eyes You're on the prize Are you right on the prize? Victory is mine Oh yes Victory is mine Oh victory today Is mine Cause I chose Satan To get behind Oh victory today Mine. Have you made your decision? I've made my decision. My eyes have caught the vision of my heavenly bridegroom in the sky. Have you seen it? Your beloved. Get behind me. Oh, yeah. One day you won't find me. You won't find me, devil. Oh, yes. My eyes have caught the vision oh, yes. of my heavenly bridegroom. Yeah, beloved. Have you sent him? So Satan, get behind me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, one day you won't find me. Oh, yes. today is Oh, victory is ours to see you now. Oh, oh victory is mine. Oh, yes. yes victory is mine. Today is mine. Oh, I told Satan. Well, I told Satan. Oh, to get behind me. Get behind. Oh, for victory today. Have you got joy to see that? Come on, let's sing it to him. Joy is mine. Oh, joy is mine. Joy today is mine. Oh, I told Satan. Well, I. Oh, joy today. It's happiness, you 
Jesus. Happiness is mine. Oh, now happiness is Go mine. God bless you. Oh, happiness is mine. Oh, happiness today is mine. Rejoice, church. It is oh, yours. Oh, hallelujah. You get behind. Oh, happiness today. Let's sing the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is mine. Well, oh, the, the Holy Ghost, Ghost is mine. Oh, let it fall. The Holy Ghost is mine. Oh, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost today. Oh, glory. Is mine. The Lord bless you. Well, I told Satan, you get on behind. Oh, the Holy Ghost today, it is mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Oh, blessed be your name. Since I laid my burdens down. <clears throat> glory, glory. I'm gonna let, let the, the glory roll, roll when the roll is called in glory. I'm gonna get beside myself when I get beside the king that day. I'm gonna have a time of my life when the time of my life is over. I'm gonna get carried away when I get carried away. Oh, I'm gonna let the glory roll when the roll is called in myself when I get beside the king that day I'm gonna have a time of my life when the time of my life is over I'm gonna get carried away when I get carried away oh I'm gonna let the glory when the roll is called in glory I'm gonna get beside myself when I get beside the king that day 
I'm gonna have a time of my life when the time of my life is over. I'm gonna get carried away when I get carried away. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It actually starts here. I don't know what the scene was like that day when they, you know, the Ten Commandments portrays it, when the waters fell on chariots, on the horsemen, and came right up to their feet, and they had a ringside seat. My, isn't that nice? No, no. Your enemy is dead. Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when somebody gets the blues in the world, and they kind of get down, and they get disappointed, you know what they do? They go on a drunk. They go and start drinking. You know what happens when believers get that way? They need to start drinking too. They need to start drinking on the Holy Ghost. <laughs> God sends a young man our way and he preaches. And somewhere in the middle, your flesh is kind of going, no. And then there's a part of you and said, no, this is my portion. This is my land. This is what I was born for. I was not born to serve the enemy. I was not even born to coexist with him. He doesn't have a part in my, there's no peace treaties with him. You just leave me alone and give me a little bit of the blue. No, none of that is ours. We were born to be the sons and daughters of the king. Amen. Oh, I'm happy to be free in him. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Oh, I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. Sing glory, hallelujah, Jesus set me free. Well, I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. Oh, I'm so glad my Jesus lifted me. Singing glory, hallelujah, Jesus lifted me. I'm on my way to heaven, shouting victory. I'm on my way to heaven, shouting victory. I'm on my way to heaven, shouting victory. Singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus set me free. Well, Satan had me bound. Jesus set me free, Satan had me bound, Jesus set me free, oh Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free, singing glory, hallelujah, Jesus set me free, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that Jesus set me free, I'm so set me free. Oh, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Singing glory, hallelujah, my Jesus set me free. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you don't have this atmosphere with you, go and read Revelations chapter 15. Because the Bible talks about a group of overcomers, they sang the song of Moses. 
and you read those first six, seven, eight verses of that chapter, and you remember that we were born to overcome. You can't help what you were, you were born with. You can't help the human grab bag. But God has made a way for you to overcome. Amen. Whatever it is, if you're high passion, you got lust, if, if you got the blues, or if you got a physical ailment, whatever it means, I believe God has already given us His sign. Right. God has already given us a sign on the wings of a dove. Amen. I don't know who wrote those other verses, but Brother Branham, those first two verses of that song were written, but then he put his name in. And somewhere today, as God was ministering through our brother Maxwell, I think we ought to see ourselves in there. Amen. I have not been, whatever I've been born with, I may have suffered for 10 years like a woman one time in the Bible, 38 years like a lame man. I may have had these things like Brother Branham for so many years, but it's over. It will not stand. God is already, when, when Gideon was facing a battle, God says, Gideon, what are you worried about? Let's go in the camp of the enemy and let's listen to what the enemy is saying. Yeah. And the Lord gives the enemy a dream and the enemy says, I saw this great big stone come and smite us. Oh, that's nothing less than the sword of the Lord and Gideon. The devils are already testifying that their time is over. Amen. That their time is short. Right. There's a people on the right. land again. Brother Adam would say way back in, in the 50s, he says, there's a church on the road now. You can't stop it, he says right. in perfect faith. It's on the road now. We need to see ourselves in it. Amen. Whatever you're fighting, maybe thoughts. Amen. Maybe you're just content. I, I'll always have this. I think uh, tonight we ought to just take a little bit more determination. Yes, sir. No, I'm not going to live with this. Amen. No, I'm not going to wake up and bat. I choose today to put this enemy under my feet. Joshua came and told him every place, or he was told every place that your feet tread, that have I given you. Amen. And along the way, they meet five kings. And Joshua tells them, now take your foot and stick it on the necks of those kings. Those are your five senses. Stick it on the necks of them and say, no, I choose not to follow what my flesh Hallelujah. does. I choose not to do yeah. this, but I choose to follow what God had. Right. Amen. It's only six inches long. Oh, that gave him such hope. Now, this atmosphere is wonderful. But there's an enemy that's going to come back at you. And you've got to come back and say, I'm not going to just live off the emotion of this atmosphere. But I'm going to take the word and I'm going to put it on the neck of that enemy. Are you going to do that? I believe God is already moving. I believe we can sing songs of victory. I'd like to just maybe as we close, we'll just change the atmosphere. I uh, give him glory, all ye people. Is that I will praise him? Is that the song? I will praise him now. We're going to change that tomorrow morning, whatever it is. Go out tonight and say, I'm not going to coexist with this thing anymore. I'm not going to live a defeated life anymore. This is my territory. This is my ground. That's what God came to give us tonight. Yeah. That's for every one of us. That's for me. It's for every one of us. Let's just sing. Let's just start. Uh, Though the way seems straight, verse 2, let's sing that one. Oh, the way seems straight and narrow. 
Oh, wait. 